Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the Essen Fressen show on High FM 101.9. I am your host Adrian Bagatti. So today I'm going to start off the show slightly differently to normal normal and I'm going to start with some cashrut updates from the ULS. There are plenty and these are from the 28th of January and today is the 1st of February. I don't know what happened to January. It kind of passed me by somehow. Okay, first one up is obviously everybody knows G&T Events and Catering. They are under the Beth Din and this is Gary Friedman under a new name. Then there are a lot of new products. The first one is El Forage and Feast, which is available from Checkers. And I'm very excited to see this, and I think I'm going to try it. They are certified as dairy when bearing the Beth Den logo. The 71% dark chocolate, 71% dark chocolate with mint, 71% dark chocolate with hazelnuts, 71% dark chocolate with citrus, and the 71% dark chocolate with salt. Nice to see. Kit Kat Blueberry is now kosher dairy, obviously, with the Beth Den logo. Woolworths has added a few products to their list. The low-fat Granadilla Smooth Organic Yogurt, low-fat Granadilla Organic Drinking Yogurt, and the Full Cream Blueberry Organic Yogurt are all kosher when bearing the Beth Den logo. The following Woolworths butters are certified dairy with or without the logo, and that is both the salted and unsalted butter, the Irish salted butter, and the traditional uh, churned salted butter. That's nice to know. And then Woolworths liquid egg whites. The one liter is now certified Parav, and that is with or without the Beth Din logo. The following score energy drink flavors are now kosher Parav and do not need a logo either. Original, Striker, Burst, Passion, and Crush, all kosher. And here's a new one I've never even heard of, Epic Mayo Bar. So obviously Epic we've heard of. Um, it's a reduced oil mayonnaise and it is now certified Parav when bearing the Beth Din logo. The following field and flavor products are certified kosher parav kit, the mixes, the pancake mix, the scone mix, vanilla cupcakes, chocolate brownies, chocolate cupcake, American style pancake, and chocolate brownie mix. I've said they've printed that twice. These products must have the logo. The logo currently on the package does not state that the products are parav but this is being rectified. Then some updates. Uh, Oolala pebbles, they are now parav instead of dairy. That is almond pe- pebbles, semi pebbles, chocolate pebbles, peanut pebbles, pecan pebbles, pecan pebbles in dark chocolate. Pecan pebbles in white chocolate are all still dairy. And you can order these directly online. So that was a bit of a tongue twister for me. Then the right brand checkers, house brand peanut butters are both approved parav even without a stamp. Another one is goodness me, chock chips are incorrectly labeled parav and they should be labeled dairy. We're working with the manufacturer to rectify this on future packing. 
Dew Fresh Fruity Cool is incorrectly labeled Parav and should be labeled Dairy. The 500 ml size of True Fruit range, also produced by True Bev, is not certified. All other sizes are certified Parav. And then sadly, Clover Condensed Milk have moved some of their production to a non-kosher facility and will no longer bear the kosher logo. However, there are still a few batches that will be made in the kosher facility and the kosher production code so that you can tell which ones, which is the non-kosher ones say prod, P-R-O-D, and those are not kosher. The kosher ones have a production code of 11340461 and those are kosher. And then sadly, due to reformulation, Sally Williams Nougat Liquor will no longer be certified kosher from January. Future labeling will change and the Bethden logo be removed. All the bottles with the logo on are still okay. And some announcements from the imported Nestle chocolates. Kit Kat produced in the UK and Bulgaria are not approved here in South Africa. Kit Kat under Hershey's produced in the USA requires an OU logo. And Quality Street produced in the UK are not approved here in South Africa due to the lack of information. Nestle Chocolates manufactured in South Africa with a Bethden logo are certified. So those are your updates from South Africa. And let's see what's happening on the other side of the world. So there was one, it doesn't really apply unless you're living in America and listening to, the sh- to me. RTE fresh cut fruit produce is not certified because of health contamination issues. So um, it's a public uh, notice. It's not a kosher product update. Then from Oregon, Kashrut information, Holy Smokes, which is um, sounds like a restaurant of some sort. Uh, they did kosher barbecue. They are closed. They start are closing on the 11th of February. An Israeli Kashrut alert from Malon, West Rehov, Hatayalet, 21 Ashdod. The public should be aware that Malon West Rehov Hayela 21 Ashdod does not have kosher supervision and the Department of Kashrut does not take responsibility for the supervision on holidays and Shabbatot. The public should be warned. One should check for a current Toda and only use establishments that have one. Um, so that's something if you're in Israel. Then Kashrut alerts for Lafal Akhla and that's Hallandale Beach in, Beach in Florida. They are no longer under supervision. So if you eat there, that's something, or if you're planning to visit Florida, that's something to know. Just a reminder to check brown rice. Uh, this was from Star K. If you're in America, a number of cities that infestation has been found in brown rice. So consumers are reminded that Star K will always recommend checking rice for insects prior to use whether there is a heckshaw or not. Um, and this is because brown rice is susceptible to becoming infested. So it needs to be checked. They even have a video on how to check your rice as well as how to check your fruits and vegetables. Then a kosher alert for Dunkin' Donuts, 
uh, Gross Point Road, Skokie, Illinois, as effect from the 1st of February 2022. Dunkin' Donuts in Gross Point, Skokie will no longer be certified kosher. There is still two CRC certified Dunkin' Donuts in the Chicago area, and that is 3,900 West Dempster in Skokie and 3,132 West Devon in Chicago. So please be aware of that. And then Siren Birthday Cake, uh, 1.7 ounce bites have been recalled because they have undeclared cashews and almond butter. And so if you have an allergy, so it's not listed on their labeling. So they've been taken off. And then your Yoshin changes. Okay, Yoshin is Bait Yosef, Catering by Riva, Corner Cafe, Diners Delis, Dugfish, Estes, Frangelicas, except the non colorfish roll, cheesecake and peppermint crisp pudding. Fresh Fellas, Friends Bakery, Gelatissimo, Kosher Cakes by Design, Kosher Plate, Maxi's Butchery, Michello's, Nando's, New Rest in Flight, Next Door and RTG, Ritz, Alvads, Fat Larry's, Pick and Pay Half Market Bakery, Pick and Pay Manor, Gala Manor Bakery, Schwama Bar, Shoshana's Bakery, Schiller's Bakery, Slices Pizza and Tiberius Fish Emporin. Those are the only Yoshin places currently. So there will be updates later. You are listening to Adrian Bugatti on the Essen Presson Show. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back. You're listening to the Essen Fresen Show on High FM 101.9. And I am Adrian Bugatti. So we're going to carry on talking a little bit about the meal planning from last week. And today I want to talk about how you go about your grocery shopping. Last week we talked about knowing what your family eats and likes and then doing an inventory of what you already have on hand before you do your meal plan and using the newspapers and specials to decide what day of the week you're going to plan and what your shopping is going to be. For me, I am a big online shopper um, and with the two new apps, well, not new, but checkers and pick and pay, I do most of my shopping online and you can do weekly or you can do a full month if you go to, uh, if it allows that much product to do at a time and you buy all your non-perishables at once and then your fresh produce on a weekly basis. And this is going to save you a lot of money. One of the things that I do is I have actually started doing it weekly and getting it delivered. Now, that delivery fee is actually a savings because with petrol prices going up tomorrow, even more, it's going to save you trying to drive around and find parking. It's going to be able to allow you not to have change in your wallet all the time for the car uh, guards. And it's going to take you a lot quicker. You're not meeting people, which means it puts you less at risk to COVID. It's just a more convenient way. And if you have the loyalty cards, they do apply with your online shopping. Um, So that does make a big difference. Uh, I think this week I have saved, I did a big shop. So that was 200 rand saving and then a small shop, which was a 45 rand saving. 
which worked out to be about 10% of my shopping. Um, so that's a massive saving um, and definitely worth the 35 rand or 75 rand delivery fees, whichever one you're using. So once you know what people like, you're going to start planning your meals. And I said, plan the stuff that everybody really, really likes. And that's an important thing to do. Um, and then buying your ingredients. So looking at what you have and then buying the ingredients. Now, there are a lot of cooking apps on the, on the internet that allow you to set your level of skill and also allow you to look based on the ingredients that you have on hand and then what you want to choose. And that's going to make a difference to your shopping as well. Being able to choose your products and only buy what you need. Now, if you are kosher, be very aware that you need to put either no alternative or you need to choose, if it allows you, an alternative product that is kosher. Because if you don't put anything like that, they will often choose the alternative for you and you land up having to return everything. And that's a little bit of an annoyance. Um, it's very difficult to do it that way. So it's important that you try and get all your stuff together and get the right ones. Another important thing about doing the grocery shopping is online is don't do it after payday. So if you do it before day and you book it for after payday, if that's if you're using that app, then that's great because they will have the stuff for you ready on the day. But if you're doing it, so anywhere, if you're placing your order between the 26th and the 3rd of the month, there is a good chance that they're going to be out of stock because that is pay period. Okay? Those few days are when most people get paid. So it's important to understand that they will be short of things at that time. The 60-minute delivery, obviously, that's on the same day. You will need to order the same day. And they do show you what's out of stock and what's not. But if you're doing a very big order through one of the larger apps, then you need to be aware that there might not be stock. So what I usually do is place my order on the, 20, on the 24th, 25th for delivery on the 27th. So it will come after payday. And then chances are it's, you've got all your stuff. And as I said, I usually do the non-perishables on a big order and then my perishables on a weekly order. That includes fresh bread, milk, and fruit stuff that needs to be refrigerated or things that need to be looked after a little bit more carefully. So I hope that helps a lot with the shopping. And remember that when you go grocery shopping, if you're the kind of person who goes every day, and there are a lot of people, some people go because they've forgotten to buy things. And if you're meal planning, then you are less likely to have that happen. But other people go every day because they like shopping. I'm not sure why, but they like shopping. And that costs you between 3 and 10% more than if you went once a week. So every time you go into the shops, you are going to spend more money than you would have if you only went once a week. And the truth is that that once a week is maybe going to cost you between 3 and 10% more. But it's only once off. It's not five days a week. And it does add up really, really, really well. Um, and you will find that you waste a lot less food because you're more careful about what you buy when you go once a week. 
And for those with small children, I'm sure you know, every time you go into the shop, you think, oh, the kids would love this or the children would love it. I need to buy that. That is going to cost you a fortune. It used to cost us huge amounts. Even taking the children, and my children were pretty good. They would ask for things like yogurts and not sweets. And that would still cost me extra because it's stuff I would not normally have bought. I would have bought a specific brand of yogurt. But once they're in the trolley with you, then they want this kind of yogurt. And then they like that flavor, you know, and that that can be a, a bit of a problem. So it's important to be aware of your spending. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti. This is the Essen Fresen Show on High FM 101.9. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti on the Essen Fresen Show. And my guest today is Valvi Bakov from the KCSA. Welcome to the show, Valvi. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Right. So firstly, KCSA, what does it stand for? KCSA stands for Kosher Certified South Africa. Right. So you're looking at, obviously, products that are would like to be kosher, but don't want to, you know, and don't know how to go about it. So those are my first questions. This, where you are a kosher authority for South Africa, certifying products for South Africa. That's right? Or yes, for anywhere in, in the world? Part. So initially, obviously, we're going to start with providing a kosher, certifying and kosher services for the community. And mm-hmm. God willing, Bezrat Hashem, we are hoping that as time goes on and as the products on the shelves will grow, we are hoping to be able to provide import and export opportunities for the various different uh, companies and food establishments. Okay, great. So that's fine. So the first thing I want to know is how do people become certified by KCSA? What, you know, is there a process? How do they apply? And who are you looking at? So in terms of the application process, we have made efforts to ensure that the application process should be as simple as possible. First and foremost, there's the application process in which the establishment or the company would fill out a form, an ingredients form and a completed product listing. They would then submit that through. Our food technologist would then go through the various different ingredients and the food products. And then from there, if all the ingredients and the finished listed products are all obviously theoretically acceptable, we would then arrange a site inspection. After site inspection, in order to be able to check the factory flow and the process, we would then, after having a site inspection, we would move to the quote phase and if the establishment or the company is happy with the quote we would then look at the uh, at the contract being provided and if the company is happy with the contract once the contract would be signed there would then of course be a certificate issued of course obviously in between a phase uh, stage two and stage three if there's any remedial action that needs to be taken or remedial recommendation, shall I say, 
then of mm. course we would recommend that to the establishment and to the comp and or to the company. And once they have obviously uh, complied to the strict kosher standards, then of course we would continue to quote, contract, signing, and issuing of certificate. Okay, so does that mean that when you put in your application to become kosher uh, or to become uh, to go under KCSA? There's no initial fee, like an application fee? So there would be an application fee. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And there is a, a non-refundable application fee, but depending on the complexity, as well as on the financial uh, capabilities of the company, that would determine what that non-refundable fee is or if we choose to waive it entirely. Okay, so you, you're going to look at, obviously, so a company that is a large multi-million dollar production company will have a different application fee for, say, somebody who's um, at home and wanting to become a caterer or wanting to produce fudge, say. That is correct. Right. That is absolutely okay. correct. Just as an example, if someone's doing coffee roasting yes. or if someone wants to do pickled onions and they're doing it from their home mm. but obviously i'm not talking about from their personal the kitchen, kitchen but from an outbuilding yeah. that obviously is uh, some kind of outbuilding or separate facility etc especially for that yeah. and bearing in mind the financial standing that they're in we obviously want to make kosher items available the point here that we really want to emphasize is that things need to be affordable and attractive yeah. for a company and for a good establishment in order for it to work. I mean, if you're dealing with big companies, it's, you know, for them, it's petty cash. For them, it's petty cash. But yeah. for a startup, it's, it's very, very different. And the truth yeah. of the matter is, is that at the end of the day, we really just want to get them up and running. And also very important that, uh, that we want to mention is that for many, bearing in mind the fact that this is a new venture and it might be a new venture for them as well. Yeah. So we, we've taken into consideration those issues and we want to create a, it needs to be attractive and it should be a, a safe or safer venture uh, for, the, for the food establishment or for the company. And in so doing, we have decided to include within our contract that should the food company or the food service establishment, you know, wants to actually cancel within four months. If they see after four months this isn't working, then we've got a cancellation policy available because it wouldn't really be fair to lock them into something before they know for certain that this mm. is something that will that will that will work for them. In addition, we also are committing to the food establishment applications applicants as well as the companies that we will, Bezrat Hashem, obviously introduce their products to the uh, Jewish market. Right, right. So that, that's fine. And then the question of how will people know that something is under your um, certification? Are there going to be a place that they can find updates or emails or something that would go out? How would people know, you know, to follow you? Absolutely. So first of all, KCSA does have a Facebook page as well as a Facebook group. We aim to engage with the community and obviously all communications regarding new products 
as well as other articles relating to Kashrus and anything really that the KCSA will put out there will be made available on the group. We are hoping in due course to run a, a uh, email, an email notification system. But at the end of the day, I think that the best way really for people to find out would be to check the, to check the Facebook page, the Facebook group. Okay, yeah. And good. we will obviously... Now, we will obviously inform community members as products and companies come on board. That's great. Okay. And now if somebody wants to be a mashgiach under your certification, how do they go about the process? Are you um, going to do your own kashrut, uh, like mashgiach's course, or is it still through the American company? So the American company that I, if I'm not mistaken, you're referring to is the KIA, the Kosher Institute of America, under Rabbi Nossen Dubin. And effectively, yeah. what's actually happened over the past few years is that many kashrus agencies from all over the world have effectively teamed up with the Kosher Institute of America. And Mashgichem, wanting to work for a particular kashrus agency, would sign up through that particular agency, and they would then give them login details on Kosher Institute of America. Uh, truth of the matter is, is that it's a very interesting point because, you know, if someone qualifies as a rov, as a rabbi, yeah. or as a dayan, um, or even as a chazan at Taki in Tel Aviv or at, uh, or at Yeshiva University, etc., you know, a person can use that qualification anywhere in the world. Yeah. And to be honest with you, um, if people want to, people can approach other kashrus agencies and, and, and do their particular kashrus course, assuming that that kashrus agency is happy to allow them to do it. But yeah. even if that kashrus agency is not comfortable to do that, if one goes onto the Kosher Institute of America website, there is a course for general mashgiach course. Okay. And therefore, one can take that general course. However, that being said, the truth of the matter is, is that KCSA recognizes that in order to be a mashgiach, one needs to be a shomer Torah mitzvah. Yeah. And that obviously is the first point, to be Torah observant. And if a person does qualify, there's obviously other aspects. A person has to learn about kashras. One has to learn about the standards and the compliance standards relating to each and every single individual uh, agency. And in our particular case, there would obviously be an interview uh, with the Rav Machshir, Rav Bokov, of Imoiri, mm -hmm. and um, we will obviously be running some of our, uh, we will also be running our own course, but that obviously will take time uh, to develop. Yeah. And other and other aspects just uh, that you mentioned in regards to Kashrut, we do hope to run a kosher home uh, Kashrut course for the Jewish housewife as well as the domestic, which I think is very, very valuable because yes, there yeah. are many aspects that, you know, that, that, that people are not aware of. I, I am personally aware of a number of, a number of cases where people are under the impression that they're keeping a kosher home, but some people don't actually know that actually the fire needs to be turned on by a Jew. Yes. So there are many aspects that, you know, sometimes the domestic you know, might be making lunch for the kids and the domestic switched on the fire and it's all kosher ingredients but the process yeah. is something that is lacking fundamentally in terms of kashrut. And therefore, in order to create greater levels of awareness and observance in kashrut, we want to bring 
kashrus to the home. We want to bring kashrus directly to the consumer. And Bezrat mm. Hashem will be running something like that as well. That sounds amazing. Yeah, because there isn't really anything. There's no kashrus course for your domestic worker um, at the moment, except for like people who are teaching kashrus. Um, you know, they teach cooking classes and then they'll tell them about it but they're still teaching the cooking classes. So those are the kind of things that are very important. Um, I know a lot of households, and I've had a, somebody a, 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 who said she knew kosher come in and turn on the stove, you know, and that's when I realized, well, you know, the home may be kosher, but there's a few things missing. And, and being kosher, Absolutely. obviously having affordable kosher food is going to be more, have more people want to keep kosher I know it was the trend for a while. I don't know if it still is for newly married couples, whether they were Shomri Shabbos or not, to have a kosher home. And I think with the cost of kosher food, people are moving away from that. Um, I don't think it's as popular as it was, which is kind of sad, you know, because it's like the first step. And, and that, that's a sad thing. So it's nice to know that people are going to be able to have the courses for themselves um, I used to say to somebody that, like, if you do the conversion course, they teach you kashrut. But as a Jew who's born Jewish, should I say, somebody born Jewish, you grow up, there's no kashrut course. You kind of have to follow yeah, it yourself. It is, it is a little bit of a problem. I know that many rabbonim in town very often would have shiurim and, and, and lectures and talks and workshops to develop kashrut uh, within their community. Yeah. But here we want to take it to a to a further scale. And if I may, the other thing that we're going to be looking at doing is we're going to be providing a cashering and a toveling service also. Okay. Um, yeah. I am aware that there are cashers that go to people's home to cash kitchens, but that's more primarily taking place around about Pesach time. Yeah. And I, I think another very misconception is what's the difference between something that's cashered and something that's toveled? Yes. I think that that aspect of addressing those issues and other kashrus-related issues throughout the year in various different articles will hopefully really reinvigorate and strengthen and create greater levels of observance in kashrus. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the SN Freshland Show. I'm Adrian Bogarty, your host. I hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, Valvi Bakov and found out a lot more about what all this new KSA is all about. A few things that we'd like to talk about on the show, anything food-related, that is what the whole show is about. Any amazing cooks that you think would be great on our show? Any cookbooks that you are releasing? Any new products that are coming on the market that you think we should find out about? And that doesn't have to be food. It could be kitchen products as well. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to try them out. We'd love to have a look at see what you have to make this more informative and a more enjoyable show. So please don't forget to reach out you can contact us with comments, suggestions. Please contact us. You can reach us on Telegram, 061-895-1019.
or send an SMS to 34519. SMSs cost one rand fifty. Or you can send an email to onair at highfm.com. So that's an important thing. We want to make this show as interesting as possible. So your involvement would be appreciated. Please. Okay, so let's finish off a little bit more about your um, grocery shopping and how to go about it. So one of the first things that I do is anybody who has a loyalty card, any store that has a loyalty card, sign up for it. If it's not going to cost you money, sign up for it because the benefits are often, often outweigh, you know, having the card, carrying it around, all those things. Um, there's some amazing specials that are also often only valid to customers with the loyalty card. If there is online shopping, your loyalty card will be, um, you know, uh, used online as well. It's in the app and you're going to gain your points from that as well. So that's an important thing. Using your um, newspapers to find your specials, once again, another way to reduce your grocery bills. And then also only buying enough for what you have on your meal plan. As I said last week, meal planning for me is the best way to reduce your food bill. And it doesn't matter if you keep kosher or if you don't. Food is expensive and it's going to go up. Meal planning is the most important thing in reducing anybody's bills. Whether you have five teenagers in your house eating you out of house and home or toddlers who only eat a certain amount of things or somebody who's on a special eating plan, all of these are going to fit into a new budget and a special meal plan. And often when I hear of people saying that they've got five different people and they're making almost five different meals, it's very difficult that. What we did with all the different eating styles and eating plans is that I found things that were in common and then used that. So that's an important thing um, to remember. If you have, once again, a reminder, if you have any suggestions, questions, or any tips that you'd like us to share on the show in future, please contact us. You can send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or send an SMS to 34519. Costs are one rand 50 per SMS or send us an email to onair at ifm.com. I hope you have a wonderful start to February and we will talk next week. You are listening to the SN Fresen Show on High FM. I was Adrian Bugatti, your host.